Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm your host, Jessica Dwyer, and with me, as always, is my lovely and talented co-host, Mr. Ryan Stacy. Hello. And this is our year end in review. It's just Ryan yes. and I, and yes. that means it's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. A, a nice Alaska you, you threw it there, honey. Thank you. <laughs> um, I don't think I have enough room on the uh, computer for you to enunciate like that. <laughs> belief of the show. It would take way too much space. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. Um, Ryan, did you have a good holiday? I had a lovely Christmas, as always. How was yours? Mine was very, very good. It was very much a Star Wars Christmas in my house, so... Oh, well, how lovely. I got I got my Forces of Destiny figures, and I'm going to play this, oh, because I just have to, because this is probably my favorite, one of my favorite things. So, Forces of Destiny, if you don't know, is the female-empowered toy line from Star Wars. And they're pr- one of the coolest things to come out this year, speaking of the year-end. And they're Barbie doll-sized characters of the female characters from the Star Wars universe, including Leia, Rey, Jen Erso, and um, blanking on her name. But the really cool chick from um, Rebels who is in the Mandalorian armor. Um, I don't have her name here. Um, But anyway, they did a new doll that came out, and he is beautiful. They have a Chewbacca, and he roars. What? He makes grunting noises too. He's so cute. He's all covered in fur. And he's Barbie sized. He's a Barbie sized Chewbacca doll. And um, they also have, um, I got Ray with BB 8, but the one that I love that I also own is Princess Leia with Wicket. And she comes with the uh, the outfit that the Ewoks give her. So you can change your hair and everything. But they're really, really, really cool dolls. They have a TV series to go along with them. And they're all about girl power, which is what we're about as well. So um, if you get the chance, I would pick them up. They're really cool design. They come with weapons. Ray comes with a lightsaber. And uh, they're just really neat, really neat dolls. And um, I love this Chewbacca. He's just so cute. Make him roar again. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Worth it. Mm-hmm. I also got a Porg. I got a Porg that is cute and wobbles and everything. Anyway. Does it make but noise? It does. Can I hear the Porg? You want to hear the Porg? Let's oh, show, the, show the world the Porg. <laughs> I'm exposing my pork. Hot. <laughs> See if I can. <laughs> Is yours a cheerleader? <laughs> he, he has those arms up and down. Like I can put pom poms on him. They're oh. really, they're really Will cute. you bring? Okay, just real quick, and then we'll move on. You need to bring your pork to Horror Hound for fun. Oh while. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not even going to bother. I'm not, I, I also got, um, uh, I got spoiled rotten with Star Wars stuff. I have the, it's not BB-8. I actually mm. got R2-Q5 unit, which is the all black R2 unit. Um, Ooh. Spiro droid. 
with the force band that allows you to drive him around and you can also use your phone to drive him around. So that's awesome. It's very pretty. Um, I was not expecting him. So he was the big surprise gift. But so yeah, um, it was very much a Star Wars uh, a Star Wars Christmas and I'm glad because uh, Star Wars is getting a lot of hate right now for no reason. And I don't hmm. know, Ryan, Ryan, did you go to the film? Did you see the new one yet? Um, the Last Jedi? Yes. Well, of course I did. I, what did you think? I got, like, kind of some remarks for some people in my inbox um, for what I said. I felt it was a great movie. I loved it. I thought it was like the strongest installment since Empire. I absolutely loved it. And um, I wrote a piece on Fangirl. I uh, actually wrote two. I wrote a review. And, and then I wrote another piece about um, what I think the message in it was, which is a very timely message in our um, very troubled times that we live in currently about the um, – it's so I didn't use this phrase, but this is the best way I could really describe it quickly is the fetishizing of Christianity mm-hmm. and how it's how this holding on to the old ideals, these old ideals and, and acting like we are the be all end all of, of, of this faith and we know better than anyone else and how that leads to being blind to corruption within that ideal and that faith don't know anything about that going on right now um no (laughs) not at all and how uh, it blinds you to the darkness and um, the corruption within it and and that's what happened to the jedi a couple of times and that's what happened with luke within that film and his doubt um, he he fell to that doubt, and it blinded him to that darkness, and that hesitation caused all you know. He he was blind to what was happening right in front of him, pretty much what Yoda had happened to him, and um, it's it's really uh, it's really very ballsy what they did. And it, uh, it was. Yeah, and so my the article I wrote was all about that. I actually called into um, a show on SiriusXM that uh, TV's Frank from MST3K is on, and my one of my favorite people to listen to, John Fugel saying, um, and we talked about it on the air, and uh, uh, Fugel saying took the exact same thing that I did from that movie, which was this is a parable to what is going on in our times right now. And it's a cautionary tale. And it also is a very good, um, I loved what they did with Ray and the fact that she isn't anything special in, in terms of who she came from and who her parents are. It's a nice statement for women or anyone really about it. You make yourself, you're not, who gave birth to you you make hmm. you and that's what that scene i took from that scene where she looks into the that multi-mirror thing instead of seeing her parents you know she saw herself because she is who made her who she is 
and I think that's a great statement. Um, and it's also people were pissed off that you know she's not some super being or something that she's just her. You know she came she didn't come from any Skywalker bloodline or if you if they keep with that I hope they do. Um, you know it not every you know it's just like in today's society you know no one holds the the lion's share of of faith or a religion or anything like that it's for everyone and that's really the whole tenet of the original gospels of jesus for example is you you know you don't if you look for me under a rock you'll find me there looked for me in the trees you don't need a big beautiful cathedral you know that it's everywhere and that's what i i took from that sorry i went on a tangent <laughs> no that's okay i took away something completely differently oh go for it let's hear it. um i took away the fact that once again not people just aren't really realizing how much carrie fisher touches the script yep like yeah. i blew that was something that came up because obviously when you're watching the last jedi you can see these amazing moments that totally had carrie's touch my favorite part of that film is actually one of her lines and um that is when she crosses paths with a certain someone and says, I know what you're going to say. I've changed my hair. <laughs> that was probably completely improvised. <laughs> and that was just so Carrie Fisher. Yeah, I I honestly, in that whole scene that a lot of people are freaking out about, like the WTF moment with Princess Leia, um, General mm -hmm. Organa in that movie, was, you know, if you look... At Leia's history, even just in the movies, not even in the books, who where you get a lot more of it, um, there's no reason not to think she didn't have some sort of control over the Force. And that just feeds back into the, the whole tenet of you don't have to be a Jedi to have power over the Force and be a Force user. You just no. have to have the faith and the belief and that's it. And, and Leia more so than anybody else would have that ability. Well, she's very force sensitive. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it in other mm -hmm. parts of the show. I mean, it's not like it's you, you, you know, she sensed Luke. She's, you know, there's been a lots of moments where, you know, even an empire, she knew where to find him. They communicated. Mm -hmm. It's it's like, give me a break. You know better. You know that she had this ability, and why wouldn't she have it there? Now, what sucks is we know for a fact that if she hadn't passed on, that this next film would have been a Leia movie. Oh, yes. And that's what sucks. Mm -hmm. On top of, you know, just general suckage of the whole thing. But we got screwed out of having to lay a movie and I'm, that's just blows. And I, they, they were setting that up hardcore with, with this film. So, but you know, may we get more Billy Lord 
Mm. Because love- she was uh, she was a lovely treat in that film. Oh, she was, and with her little her little buns, <laughs> her little space buns. So but you know, I kept sitting there just going, number three, Chanel number three. <laughs> I was just thinking about <laughs> Scream Queens did. the whole time. <laughs> of course you were. I would expect nothing less. Nothing less. So, um, so that was an unexpected Star Wars recap that we just did yes. for you. Mm-hmm. And um, spoilers, sorry if we. <laughs> At this um, point, it's been out for two weeks. Yeah, if you don't know anything about it by this point, you're not you're you're just screwed anyway. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the other thing that happened this weekend that Brian or Ryan probably has no care about, but I just wanted to bring up was we did have the final Peter Capaldi episode of Doctor Who, and I cried, which is not a surprise. Um, and then I went and saw it at the Fathom event, and that was awesome because they had a ton of behind-the-scenes stuff in it. Um, and it was actually, I saw it the second showing of their Fathom event. They do two for these things. And this one was full. I was surprised. You know, this is something that's already been shown on television, and people, it, they're, they're about, I think it's like 15 to $20 a ticket. And there was quite a few people in this second showing. So that's testament to this, uh, the popularity that number 12 has gotten. Um, but it was How a, often did they switch doctors? Well, lately it's been every three years. And the longest um, run ever was seven. And that was Tom Baker back in the 80s. He ended his run, I think it was 1982, something like that, 81. Um, but he, he did it for seven years after that Davison, I think did for five. Um, then poor Colin Baker got really screwed over and only got two of that. Um, and yeah, so lately it's been three years. Um, when, Hmm. when they came back with Dr. Who and it just started and it was Christopher Eccleston, he only did one because he only wanted to do one season. And uh, that's all he did. And he's never come back for anything. They've just used images of his face. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all. Um, but I, I loved this. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful swan song. Um, once again, they snuck in some nods to previous companions and doctors. And um, I love the fact that you get to see a lot of John Hurt's doctor in this kind of like a testament to him as well. Cause we lost him last year hmm. and um, this year, last year it was, it was like right on the cusp, I think. Um, but we, uh, we got to see some images of him who, by the way, he did some great big finish audio dramas. If you are a war doctor fan, um, you can go and get those. He, he did record some great audio books. Um, but I absolutely loved this. It was so beautiful. And, um, it's, it, I, I've been saying this and it sounds very, very morbid, but, uh, I have to say that this hurt even more and it was more like the doctor died, um, because of how much Peter Capaldi put of himself into the character and, to the point that he helped write the last speech that um, the doctor says, like as he's getting ready to regenerate. And when he says he's going to doctor, I let you go. Um, 
and to the point, and this is, this is what's going to kill you, Ryan, You're, you'll love this. So Peter Capaldi took, took the doctor to heart because he was a massive fanboy growing up. He loved Doctor Who and he loves kids. And he was able to do so many amazing little things with children um, during his run. And one thing that happened was at a convention, a kid asked him about the doctor's name, which no one has, knows who, what his name is, all this stuff. You know, it's a big deal. And Capaldi at this event said, children can hear my name. They, they can hear it if their heart's in the right place. If, at a certain time, if their heart's just right, they, they can hear my name. They'll know it. He pulled that out of his ass. That was something that he just improvised for this little kid. Mm-hmm. They worked that into the speech. Oh. And so right before he lets go and he says, Doctor, I let you go, he says, he's saying, he's giving these words of wisdom to Jodie Whittaker, who's getting ready to appear. And he's like giving all these little pointers of how to be the doctor. And at the end, he says, never tell anyone your name. No one can know that. It wouldn't matter anyway. They wouldn't understand except children. Children can understand if their heart's in the right place. And it, and it's at that point your own heart just rips out of your chest and explodes into fire because <laughs> you're you're dying as you see him getting ready to leave. But um, it just was so beautifully done. And what's even cooler about this episode was there was no bad guy. They lead you to believe that there is a bad guy. There's there is some threat, but the doctor finds out and realizes there's no one, no bad guy. So he's like, I don't know what to do when there's no bad guy, when there's no evil plan. I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just beautiful. And they also work in because it's the Christmas special, the Christmas, Christmas armistice, which actually happened in world war one. There's a movie called, I think a midnight clear where German and British soldiers in world war one, on Christmas Eve stopped fighting um, because it was Christmas. And so they, they laid down their arms. They came together and, and sung songs and drank and, and played soccer. And um, it's never happened again in the history of the world. But that moment that really happened where soldiers came together and weren't shooting each other on Christmas and so this episode takes place during this. And it's absolutely beautiful. And what's interesting is Capaldi has a history with this event. He, he did a, a short film about, um, that talked about it. And then he also had read a letter um, that a, a soldier that lived through it um, had written during this event where they, um, they had celebrities read letters from history. And that was the one he read. And so it just so happened. His swan song episode took place during this. So it was just a beautiful ending for him. It doesn't make it easier, but it was a beautiful ending and he couldn't have asked for better. Um, And Jodie Whittaker, I'm still not convinced yet, but she does this, um, when she shows up, she does this loony grin that made me go, oh, okay you got a little bit of it going on all right but then the TARDIS throws her out and lets her die you know like basically flings her into space to get her out of it so 
I don't know what's going to happen. We have to wait until autumn, but um, it's going to be hard for anybody to follow Capaldi. Um, but that was a beautiful episode. Beautiful episode. So there you go. I loved. I loved it. If I well, stop, there you go. If I stop it right there when he says, "Doctor, I let you go," I'll be all right because he doesn't. He can always be the doctor. <sighs> I'm not going to cry again. I cried in the theater. I cried. Oh, good God, girl. Get a grip. I can't help it. (laughs) All right. So we are going to do our best and worst lists of the year. I've Mm -hmm. picked three categories. Um, I think Ryan has at least two. I don't know if you're a gamer. I don't think you're a gamer, are you? Are you a gamer? But we both watch movies and we both watch TV. Yes. So we're we're going to start with our pick for best movie of 2017. Oh shit. And I'm going to give this to you, Ryan. Um I would have to say that currently cuz it could change. <laughs> but um originally, you know, I thought Wonder Woman was the best movie I'd seen all year. I saw one that kind of beat it. And that is my, the best movie I think of 2017 is I, Tanya. Oh my God. You've seen I, Tanya already? I've seen I, Tanya. <laughs> of course I've seen I, Tanya. Of course you did. <laughs> yes. Yes. And she's amazing. How it is. You... It was just an amazing movie. <laughs> it looks hilarious. It is. And it's touching. And it really kind of makes you um, reevaluate your viewpoint of Tanya Harding. Yeah, because it, it sounds like her mother was a lunatic. Everybody around her knew that she was raw talent and they took advantage of her. It's just, it's Sebastian Stan is amazing. You, he doesn't even look, I would not have known that was him. No, and I wouldn't have cast him to play Jeff Galuli. But, <laughs> um, and I just wanted a reason to use that last name because it's fun to say. Give it a try. Galuli. 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 Uh, um, <laughs> but he sounds like him. <laughs> he does. He does the voice very well. And it's like, I get lost in him. You forget that it's Bucky Barnes. Dude, that's what I, I saw the trailer and I'm like, wait, wait, what? That's Sebastian. <laughs> He's a great actor. <laughs> and Margot Robbie, I was very skeptical of her playing Tanya Harding. I was like, are you kidding me? She's then, a great actress. She was awesome. She was awesome in this film. I thought she was great in The Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, she's she's really good at changing who she is. That's Raw talent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that you picked that one because I saw the trailer to that. At the movie that I picked for my favorite movie of the year. Oh, what was yours? It took till the end of the year for it to happen to, for me to finally get to see it. But it lived up to everything I could have hoped. And that is The Shape of Water. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. It is so beautiful. Guillermo del Toro delivers 100% on making a fairy tale in modern, sort of modern times. It takes place in the 60s. And it's just such a wonderful story for the outsiders and the people that don't fit in. And um, 
Sally Hawkins is just amazing as as the lead actress in this who's um, a mute. And Doug Jones, friend of the show Doug Jones, is unbelievable as the amphibian man in it, as the... The, the, the asset. The asset, yes. Um, David Hewlett's in it. I didn't even realize he was in it. He's great. Everybody is awesome. Bonus, my boy Nigel Bennett is in this, so I got to see him on the big screen. My Lucien Lacroix is, of course, a Russian. <laughs> and <laughs> Richard Jenkins is amazing in this, too. Octavia Spencer's great. Everybody is fantastic. Does she make any pies? She does not make pies, but she goes off on her man. Um, cause her man is a, is an ass, but, um, the, the bad, 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 evil incarnate will make you just crawl into a hole to get away from him in this is Michael Shannon. Holy shit. I feel that way when I see him in general. He's a really nice guy and he can be funny, but in this He's the most evil character. Just there's nothing good about him. It's interesting because they make him, he makes him human. And I've seen Del Toro talk about how Michael Shannon can bring humanity to this guy that's a complete bastard. But in this movie, he has scenes that I, I was like crawling into the back of my chair to get away from him. And I, I'm not going to spoil anything. Just know that Michael Shannon wins for best monster of the year and um, in this movie. And just the set design's beautiful. I just There's a color, like just like he did with Crimson Peak, there is a color scheme and a reason for everything in this movie um, and why it looks the way it does and things like that. And um, the music's amazing. There is a dance number and a song and dance number. With a fish man. Um, it's, it's just awesome. And uh, it deserves every award it is up for. And I, I'm just, I can't say enough about it. It's, it's a great film. And if you've ever, it, 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 it's really cool because what he's done is he's, you see every thing that inspired this movie in it. Like, you see, okay, well, this is, there's that look of, of the creature from the Black Lagoon, not just within the amphibian man, but in, in the set that he's in. It just, and, and just all these little things, and you can see where it all kind of adds together. And um, it's great because it talks about um, bigotry and, um, and racism within the in the movie and definitely class class structure and like Richard Jenkins character is this closeted um closeted gay man that is best friends with Sally Hawkins's character and you see through him he's trying to reach out but he has no one else because um they're so marginalized at this time and he that's why he and, and Sally um, Hawkins's character kind of find one another or, or each other's family because they don't have anyone else. And it's the story of, of the ones that don't fit in um, winning in the end. And it's beautiful, beautiful story, beautiful film. Go see it. 
Beautiful. I love you, Doug Jones. I love you. <laughs> oh, you're so cute. <laughs> And he even works in his little puppy head pets in it. I, I knew it. I knew he'd do it. If you ever get to meet Doug Jones at a, at, a, at, a, at a convention, he will pet you on the head and call you a puppy. And he, because he's very tall, and he can mm-hmm. do that because everyone's a puppy to him. And he does that as the, as the, as the fish guy in this. And it's cute. I'm like, oh, my God, it's the head pets. So that's Shape of Water. That's my pick. And go I want to see it. I'm go sold. See go see it and go see I, Tanya, because I want to go see I, Tanya, but it's not playing around here anywhere, you ass. Um, so what's your worst film of 2017, Ryan? Worst film? Yes. Am I allowed to curse? Yes. yes. The motherfucking Justice League? What was that shit? <laughs> I, I don't know, and neither did it. <laughs> I just could not believe that. I just, I finally got around to seeing it recently, and I'm gobsmacked at how ridiculously, awfully bad that movie was. It didn't know what it was. It just no. wanted to get, it, it wanted to get somewhere very fast with no plot and no character development. Even Wonder Woman was bad. Yep. And that sucks because we're coming off the heels of a great movie. That's my runner-up for best movie of the year. But I hear Call Me By Your Name is also excellent as well. Just see, side notes. Yeah, and I ha- that's not playing around here either, I don't think. And I want to see it. Although, did you read the story? <laughs> We're going to go naughty here for a moment. It's Fangirl After Dark. Did you About having Army Hammers. Dig- yeah, digitally having to erase his boss. His orbs. His orbs, army <laughs> hammers, orbs had to be erased. His silver, silver bullets, if you will, had to be erased. I mean, and I love how he was like, I mean, they're really short shorts, and I have huge balls. So, <laughs> and it's like I've seen oh. him in person; he's very tall. <laughs> oh, I have he's... to tell you, I don't often like swoon over many men in Hollywood, but Army Hammer is one where I'm just like, oh my god. He is a very, very large man. Like, I, I, I saw him running around Comic-Con. I think it was for, I want to say, was, was it for the Lone Ranger? I don't know what it was for. I don't oh, give no, a was, shit what it was it for. Was man Army <laughs> it was Man from Uncle, which is fantastic, and I hope they make another one. Um, but literally, he had to bend down to talk to a normal-sized woman because he's so goddamn tall. Like, he had to, like, hunch down to talk to her because his mouth was, like, two feet above her head. He's very tall. Big dude. Totally believe giant balls. Totally believe it. I'm in love. You you would have... He might actually be taller than you, and you're pretty goddamn tall. I know, and that, I'm in trouble when there's a man that tall around <laughs> me. He's real good looking. I just... I, You'd faint. You'd get the vapors. I do. And you could get the vapors, and there would be there would be a thud, and um, he'd be on the floor. So yeah, worst movie was Justice League. What about you, Jess? Oh, I wonder if you can guess what I'm gonna say. I wonder if um, you guess. What do you think? Was Emma Roberts in anything you saw this year? No, I make a point of avoiding that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you oh, so much. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> no, um, 
my pick my pick for worst movie of the year is the dark tower oh that's not shocking at all the dark tower was atrocious Mm-hmm. I I can't. There's like I think there was more than like how many writers were involved with this goddamn thing. Like oh, um, let me there was at who least fucking four, cares. There's four <laughs> writers involved, and there's you know there's no reason this movie should have been the shit fest that it was. Thank God for it because it kind of washed the taint away of the Dark Tower. Um, it was horrible. It was short. As hell. It was like, I think, barely over 90 minutes. And it's supposed to be this big epic, right? They mm-hmm. rushed everything. They managed to cram in every reference to a Stephen King, just in case you forgot, because it's nothing like the book. But just to remind you that this is something that's tied to Stephen King. How? We're going. He he wrote the the, the Dark Tower. No, um, I know that. But how did they do all these like? Oh God. Okay, so one little boy's playing with a red convertible car. That's Christine, like a little model car. Then they have um, uh, Stoker and um, Barlow assign because Salem's Lot. There's. A Pennywise, it literally says Pennywise in great big letters in this dilapidated uh, carnival place that they walk through. Um, God, what else is in there? I, I want to say there's a Needful Things reference. I think there's an, oh, there's a picture of the Overlook Hotel in one room. Like, it's, it's like cram everything in there we can. To remind you that this is a Stephen King movie because it's nothing like the book that he wrote. Idris Elba was not was just kind of there. Matthew McConaughey, I don't even know what the hell he was doing. Um, they, <laughs> they don't even mention the fact that he's um, supposed to be. Uh, oh, now I'm blanking on his name because he's so not this character. Randall Flag. Randall Flag. Thank you. They don't even say it. I don't even think they say that in this at all. Isn't he like Satan? Yeah, he's supposed to be Satan. They don't even mention any of it. It's just complete nothing. There's so many plot holes, it's ridiculous. If you want to see just how bad this is, go see, go watch the CinemaSins review of it. And you'll get the idea I think they, I don't think they know, it's uh, Fast and the Furious broke their, their cinema sin counter. Um, this is just complete garbage. And what's sad is how long we waited for a Dark Tower movie and all of the people that were supposed to be involved with it. It got, it took so long that they finally just fell away. And instead we got this 90 minute poop fest that has nothing to do with it. It that was so bad that they're going to they're supposed to be doing a TV series based on it, and I think they're basically going to reboot everything with this TV series. It's crap. Well, <laughs> so there's my worst movie of 2017. I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, it's just it's just bad, just bad, just bad. Yeah, my husband 
watched it with me and we paused it at least three times when we just turned to look at one another and trying to figure out what we just saw. So, yeah. I mean. The Dark Tower. There's a drinking. It played in my living room once and I can tell you I didn't give <laughs> fuck all what was happening I left I was like no I got stuff to do well I and you know it's pretty bad when you walk away from Idris Elba you know because he's pretty See, I'm not I'm just not that captivated by him oh God. and um I want to <laughs> say that he had the worst costume of the year I've ever seen in Thor Ragnarok oh he was all tattered and stuff yeah he had dreads I didn't, I just didn't buy it. Thor Ragnarok was going to be my top movie of the year, but Shape of Water just edged that that out. I love, I love Thor Ragnarok. Um, so TV series. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pass this back to Ryan. What was your favorite TV series of 2017? It's Tide. Ha, go. I have a tie. I have a tie. Um, it would be between a recent discovery of mine. I mean, everybody's been watching it, but I recently got caught up on it, and that is The Crown. Ooh. Fabulous, fabulous show. I was actually watching it when you rang in tonight to do the show. Um, I just love it. I'm so obsessed. And Claire Foy, oh, she's everything. Well, and that has Dr. Who Matt Smith in it, too. Oh, and you see his bum so much. <laughs> Which I think is amazing because it just kind of makes you think, oh, yeah, the royals are like people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> his ass makes you think that. <laughs> like, it was just, I mean, because, like, there's his wife just, like, looking at her husband and he's all, like, laid out naked in bed. And she's just, and then he politely asks her for some BJs in one episode. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Do you, have you seen this? I, I've started watching it and I I got tied up on something else but i've been meaning to catch up with the whole thing let me just tell you in one episode he tells her after she stands up to some people that she looks taller and she's like well don't go out tonight she's like i have a meeting and he's like no you should stay in and she's like well what would we do instead and he's like well i could either climb a ladder so i could reach my taller wife and she (laughs) giggles and he says or you could just get on your knees Mm -hmm. and it's like (gasps) oh Like, I guess. Scandal. So, right. <laughs> so The Crown is fabulous, and it tied, of course, with Feud, Betty, and Joan. That show took me places this spring. Oh, my God. That was great. That was a really good show. It was so good. I just, I think Feud should be a one-off. I, I, I don't know how they're going to top uh, that one. Well, they're certainly not going to do it with Princess Diana and Prince Charles. Uh, is that what's next? That's what he said, but you know that show's uh, ass is in a sling right now. So uh, because <laughs> Olivia De Havilland is suing the hell out of them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I heard about that. I heard about that. I love that this show was so good, but he didn't like talk to her, and it's called this little one hundred year old woman <laughs> out of the the rich shadows of France, and she's suing his ass off. <laughs> And she'll probably win. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, 
Uh, I did love the feud, um, mm. but it got edged out by the Punisher. I loved the Punisher. I, oh, I, I loved it. I loved how it tackled the things that it tackled. And John Bernthal just, wow. He is Frank Castle. That show, it was all the feels. All Thomas the, Jane. Oh, no, fuck that. Sorry. No, Thomas that, Jane. Bernthal wins. He he just brought everything. I loved how it just had tough a tough badass woman who was a real woman. You know, like they're they're realistic characters. No one's perfect in it. And um, I loved how it tackled the PTSD thing, and it just um, was so good. It was dark. It was beautifully shot. The 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 battle sequences and action sequences were brutal and tough and and perfect. And um, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So the Punisher wins in the best TV series for me. Um, Netflix is winning. Did you realize that we both picked Netflix shows? I did. I did. <laughs> okay. So what was your worst TV mm. show of the year? Because there was some doozies, girl. <laughs> there's, there's a tie. <laughs> okay. Just to keep Netflix even. <laughs> Okay, so they're um, not going to be batting a thousand. To no, <laughs> Iron Fist was oh, I know horrible. He's the worst part of the Defenders to the point that I still haven't finished the Defenders because he's in it. I hated it. Um, when you can make David Winham make me not watch a show, and and it just. God, it was so bad. Oh my God. And and just to keep Marvel honest, Iron Fist tied with the Inhumans, which was the biggest piece of shit I have seen. <laughs> come I mean it, the Inhumans beat Iron Fist in terms of bad. Like it was yeah. it just was so bad and it was the biggest clusterfuck that they could have done. Um by charging people to go see this in IMAX ahead of the premiere so everyone knew how bad it was and they would be extra pissed off that they paid money to see it. Right. So that just added to the fuel of bad reviews that I paid money for this crap and it's crap and there was no reason for it to be in IMAX to begin with. It looks like crap. None of the characters are worth anything. And it was so bad that I don't even think it had been released yet that Disney screwed up on their, their print run of, of press saying that it was the full series or something of the Inhumans, which means they're not going to keep making it. They already knew that they were done. <laughs> so they were yeah. like, we already put money in this turd, so we might as well just throw some glitter on it and call it a day. Yeah, basically. So yeah, no, the Inhumans was horrible. I made it through two episodes, and that's all I had in me. I couldn't. couldn't I didn't even it. bother. 
it was so bad. It was so, so bad. And the effects looked like crap. I mean, it just, it, no, it just was horrible. And, um, yeah. And it's, what's funny is they went away from all that inhumans crap in, um, agents of shield. And I think that's the best thing they could have done because it, giving them their own series really didn't pan out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what was your pick for worst TV series? It actually wasn't a new series, and I'm picking this one purely on for ethical reasons. <laughs> We're getting ethical. <laughs> We're getting ethical, and this one is uh, this is a slam on Netflix. So you know, yeah, I guess they're not getting out unscathed tonight. I'm calling the worst show of 2017, The Ranch for continuing to employ Danny Masterson for as long as it did throughout this year. Oh, snap. Yeah, uh, that came back to bite them in the ass pretty hard. And it took too fucking long for it to do so. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's a good one. Especially how quickly they turned around on House Mm -hmm. of Cards. Exactly. Because you remember when Kevin Spacey came out of the closet, they were like, no, you're fired. Oh, yeah, they didn't care. <laughs> they were like, nope. And they just happened to have tooled that show already to where they didn't need him. And it's interesting if you go on Netflix now and you look, you know how they have their little placards for each show. Um, it's Both Robin Wright. those I, guys, they're gone. Like yeah, Robin Wright, it's Robin Wright's face uh-huh. on House of Cards. Yeah, they do not want that even, they don't even want you to remember that Kevin Spacey was that show for so long. I bet they pull the seasons. I don't think they're going to pull the seasons, but they're not going to have his face on them. I can almost guarantee you. And Danny's gone off the, off the ranch. Like he was gone immediately. Everything was reloaded. It was just Ashton Kutcher by himself. Oh yeah. No, it doesn't surprise Mm -hmm. me at all. Um, so, um, we're going to wrap this up with, um, I have, my best and worst video game of the year. And um, I, I really, really love my, you know, and here's the thing. The video game I picked, I'm a little, I'm cheating a little bit. Um, because this was a um, early access game that uh, had beta testing going on before this year. And, but this year it got the full-blown release and has the full game available, and that is The Long Dark. And I got to give props to this company um, that made this game because a lot of these early access games won't stick with it. But Hinterland Studios, Hinterland Games, stuck with this game. They stuck with it. And they kept improving it and kept improving it, kept adding, listening. And um, so it's taken three years for this game to become complete. And it is now complete. It is available on all PC, uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, uh, Mac. You can get it everywhere. And it is a great first-person survival game. It's realistic. It's got great sound effects. You'll hate the effing wolves, the fucking wolves. And mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's not supernatural, in, um, at least for the most part, it's not. It relies on the realism of being in the winter cold of Canada, 
um, you don't know what's happened around you. All it's you in the wilderness and and having to live. And of course, it's got a friend of the show, Mark Mir, does the voice of the male character, and um, Jennifer Hale, who is the voice of Mark and Jennifer, are both the voices of the male and female shepherd character in Mass Effect, came to this game as the male and female characters in this game. They're a couple uh, now that they have the story mode in there and you um, go through the game with them. Or you can pick one or the other to play in the sandbox. It is so much fun. It's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. It gets really freaking frustrating. Um, the fucking wolves. And <laughs> you have bears, too, that come after you. Ooh, girls say what? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wrong bears. Wrong bears. Wrong bears. Oh. But it's it's a fun, beautiful game, and I freaking love it. And good to you, Hinterland, for getting through and um, making this game complete. And it's one of my favorite games. I, I, I keep replaying this all the time. I keep playing and playing it. Um, worst game of the year, and it's going to be the top of many a list, is Battlefront 2. Hmm. Battlefront 2 has single-handedly pro- cost Electronic Arts billions of dollars in bad press, in lost sales, in stock dropping. This is the first time a video game has single-handedly made stock prices plummet because of the bad press that has happened. They may very well lose Disney's contract with them for the Star Wars franchise because of this game. And the reason, if you don't know about this, is that Battlefront 2 is one of those games where you pay $60 for the game, and then you have to pay money to get things to help you win the game. The, the loot boxes, which is basically gambling. You don't know what you're going to get, but you give them $3 and you get to get a couple loot boxes. It's basically teaching kids about gambling while using Star Wars to do it. That didn't go over very well with Disney when they realized what was going on. Lots of games use the loot box thing um, in their games. And it has been a, um, a deal breaker for a lot of people when it comes to video games and buying them. When you pay $60 base price for a game, you shouldn't have to keep paying money for things. No. That, and uh, it has caused a lot of shit to go down in the video game industry to the point now that if you go on um, iTunes and go to their app store, uh, they have made it where games on the app store for your phone, because that's where this really started was phone games where you play, mm-hmm. you know, um, that they have made it uh, where you have to list out exactly what it entails with your game if you're doing this sort of pay-to-play thing. Um, If you have in-app purchases, that kind of shit, that you have to give the details about it now. This all came down because of this game. EA equals BS. And it has come to a head with Battlefront 2. And what's even worse is Battlefront 2, the big deal... For people like me who I don't like going online really and, and, and 
multiplaying online because you have a lot of dicks out there that they cheat. And it's the same with this. There's still a lot of uh, cheaters out there. It's You have to deal with a lot of crap like that. But with this game in particular, it didn't have a single player mode. The original one did not have a single player, which was really shitty. I, that's, you know, people like playing a single player game. There's a, I like story kind of a thing, you know? So what we were told was Battlefront 2 would have a, a first, you know, a single player mode. And not only that, it would be on the Empire. It would follow a person from the Empire. And it would be a woman. That was a big deal. Holy crap. Female character? The bad guys? Oh, no. So the, the single player mode in Battlefront 2 is not that long at all, is poorly written, and of course, the character flips sides within no time. So you don't stay on the side of the Empire. You like randomly turn, turn sides, become a good guy, quote unquote good guy, and it's really, really short. So it's not really that much of a ad for this. And so it, it, only, it only makes it worse when you realize not only does the, first play, the, the single player mode suck, but all of this loot box shit has just tainted everything. And the, if you go online and read the story about all of that's gone on with this thing, Hawaii is actually looking at litigation kind of deal, like putting laws into place about this, like the state of Hawaii because of the whole teaching kids how to gamble and using Star Wars as that kind of drug of choice to get them into it. That's fucked up. It is. And it's just made it. The only good thing to come out of this is I think people are going to realize, you know, video game companies are going to look at this and go, holy shit, we can't do this anymore. Because um, look what happened. Because no joke, Electronic Arts stock dropped massively when this came out. Like it was the worst press you could ever get. And they did a Reddit AMA and people just ripped into them about this. And then it just got progressively worse. And then when they tried to fix it, they fixed it in a backhanded way. And it just got worse again. <laughs> so what it comes down to is don't piss off geeks who love Star Wars and play video games and are willing to shell out a lot of money for that privilege and then try to take more of their money after they've already realized what you're doing. You know? Would you like to hear about something Star Wars related that I just read? Yes. Apparently, Star Wars has now effectively paid for itself for the Walt Disney Company. I don't doubt it a bit. With the grosses of The Force Awakens, Rogue One, and The Last Jedi... The films have successfully crossed the 4.06 billion mark. Oh, yeah. And that was what uh, Disney paid to purchase 
it's Star all, Wars. It's all gravy now. Yep. Yeah, um, I think it'll live through the bad press that Last Jedi's getting, don't you? I think we'll, I think it'll be okay. I don't understand the bad press. I think <laughs> it's so stupid. People need to chill their tits because you know what? If um, you had a better Star Wars idea or a better concept for it, it'd be your ass directing or writing it, not Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams and all of these people making Star Wars. Well, and I think um, Ryan Johnson's going to be A-OK considering he's getting his own trilogy that he gets to direct now. Right. That's their, um, sorry we couldn't give you the next one, you know, because J.J.'s a little, he's a little aggressive. So. <laughs> <laughs> he wants it back. He, he wants it right. back. <laughs> Which, I, I don't know, because, I mean, why is it J.J. Abrams gets to have one hand in the Star Wars pie and the other hand in the Star Trek pie? Uh, you know, I, I kind of want him to come back to Star Trek. <laughs> I didn't I'm, like that. I mean, he is because he's producing that Quentin Tarantino directed Star Trek. Oh God, that that's happening, isn't it? I I thought I that is. That. No, that's happening. Oh God. God. So there's some food for thought for the kids out there listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't. I can't even. My brain can't even wrap around what that might be. Now, what's funny though is if you go, if you go online, you can get an idea of what a Quentin Tarantino directed Star Wars movie might have been, because out there, if you can find it and it hasn't been pulled, there is an edited fan movie. An entire feature-length version called Pulp Empire. And it is basically what if Quentin Tarantino had directed Star Wars. And it's someone took the time to edit it, put the music, make it look like a Tarantino film, and recut it to be a Tarantino movie. That's That's fantastic. That's my gift to you. You can go out there right now. It's called Pulp empire and watch it online it's out there you just gotta find it i will be doing this after i watch more of the crown <laughs> and see more of matt smith's bum <laughs> no i'm more into this claire foy you know she is playing lisbeth salander mm-hmm. and you know how i feel about lisbeth salander i'm very attached to those those books and the films and i'm much more partial to new me than i am rooney Oh, that's so confusing to say. New so, Rooney. <laughs> yeah. So I love New Me, and I think that she's a tough act to follow. I but like I think... Ro- Rooney was great. Have you read the books? I've, I'm about two-thirds through the first one, and I stopped reading it for some stupid reason. I have the second book, and mm. I just need to finish the first book. Um, but I, I, love, I, I loved Rooney as as um, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Have you watched the Swedish films? I have. I have seen the first one. Um, I need to watch the other two. They are amazing. And if you can, make sure you watch the extended versions. I think those are on Netflix, aren't they? Yes, because they're in two episodes each. Jesus. Jesus. But they're so good. The second one just takes off, and it's amazing. My favorite is the third one. You do know that the the gentleman that played um, Mikhail, yeah, he passed away uh, mm-hmm. this just a couple weeks ago. 
No, it was a few months ago. Was it a few months ago? I, I just, yeah. it seems like I just heard about it. God, it's depressing. Um, There's so many people that died this year. It's just horrible. This, um, what do you, sorry, I was going to ask you a question. No, I was going to say, what do you think about this whole, um, just doing an entire reboot of the series and carrying on with, from the fourth book on instead of trying to beat a dead horse with the original books? Since they've already been so beautifully adapted as Swedish films. That's the that's the take now. I don't know. Because are they just going to skip all that story? Well, I mean, their mentality is they could spend all this money going back and making spoken English, you know, American-made versions of those stories. Or you could watch the Swedish films and appreciate those. And they're just going to carry on from there because Numi doesn't have any intent on making a Swedish adaptation or being a part of it. So, and Sony owns the film rights now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I guess they could do that. I. It seems like. I guess you're right. It kind of makes sense since all three of those movies have been made. Mm-hmm. But they already made one. You know? They did, and it kind of tanked. I I did love the, I did love the soundtrack. Soundtrack's great. It's good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I guess I guess it makes sense for him to just keep going. I think that's the movie I'm looking forward to most in 2018. What movie are you looking forward to most? In 2018, oh. Um, I think it's a tw- it's a tie between that and the obvious geek choice for me of Infinity War. Yeah, I kind of am looking forward to Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to Infinity War. Um, I, it is interesting to keep coming back to Star Wars. They did. Did you see the leaked image of um, from the Han Solo movie? I mean, yeah. Uh, I liked. What Donald Logue or Donald Logue, um, Donald Glover looked like in that as Lando. I thought that looked fantastic. Um, there, oh, you know what? I, I, I know what I'm looking forward to the most. What? 2018, Ready Player One. Oh, that's going to be really fun. I am stupid excited about that movie. Um, there's a lot of good stuff coming out next year. Um, yeah. The one I wasn't expecting to see that they're making and is coming out is Sicario 2. If you haven't seen Sicario, um, Benicio Del Toro is amazing in that. Um, it is on, I think Amazon has it. Um, Amazon Prime has it on there. But it's a great film. And uh, this one is just all about um, his character being let loose on the drug kingpins in Mexico. Oh, just, shit. just let loose. Um, so I'm really excited about that now that I know it's coming because I wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh shit, they made a sequel. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> my husband and I were like, oh shit, there's oh, a sequel. <laughs> um, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited, uh, more than excited about Ready Player One, Deadpool 2. I can't wait. Um, I already have a bid for worst movie of 2018. Oh, what's yours? That fucking remake of Overboard. 
Oh, God, it made me want to puke in my mouth. Oh, that was so infuriating. I didn't even know about this. It was like they did it in secret. Mm. It looks horrible. Um, There's quite a number of films. um, I'm I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to, like, acknowledge that that's happening. (laughs) Like, why? (laughs) But but that was mean. Like, why would you do that? It looks horrible, too. It's not even, it doesn't even look well acted. Um, Pacific (laughs) Rim. Pacific Rim Uprising. I'm washing away the bad. Pacific Rim Uprising looks great. Um, John Boyega is, looks amazing. Fantastic Beasts sequels coming out. Uh, there's there's a lot of good movies coming. I'm out. sorry, but Jude Law as Dumbledore. Oh, is it hot? Makes, is so hot. Oh my it god. It leaves me feeling a certain way, and yeah. I'm not cool with it. <laughs> that pimp coat. That pimp pimp wizard coat. Because hey, um, you know he's gay as shit. <laughs> It's true. It's totally yes. true. Um, I uh, I'm really excited about uh, uh, well about that, and I stupidly I'm goofy happy about Rampage because that's my porn. Big freaking monsters, The Rock, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, um, running around fighting them. I I'm all about that. Ma'am, I don't think you can sit with me anymore. I'm sorry. Give it to me. <laughs> Give it to me. I bet you went to see Jumanji, too, didn't you? No, I did not. I haven't gone to see it yet. You I shouldn't will. lie on air. Your fans I'm not lying. That. I haven't gone to see it. <laughs> uh, also, yes, I, I heard that. You said I you am going to see it. it. Um, uh, the other one I'm really excited about is New Mutants. That looks great. When you mix horror with comic books and things and do it the right way, that looks really, really, really good. And it's got Macy Williams in it. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm excited. And oddly enough, it, it's directed by the guy who did The Fault in Our Stars. But uh, it looks really creepy. Okay, I just want to say a side note, though. The Fault in Our Stars, for real, was a good movie. Yeah, but you don't expect the guy that did Fault in Our Stars to do a creepy-looking mutant movie. Well, girl, that just shows diversity and talent. I know, right? I'm really intrigued for Dark Phoenix. Oh, yeah, and uh, let us not forget Black Panther. (laughs) I forgot about that. And we finally get to see Angela Bassett in Africa with white hair. Oh, I know it's as close as you're ever gonna get. I know. <laughs> it's as close as we're gonna get. That's it, kids. Take it. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Right. But um, so I think that's it. I think we're out of time. Um but really? uh yeah, yeah, we've been over an hour, man. We're in over an hour. Well, yeah. I mean, you got we got to give it to the children. They love us. So. They do. They do. And yes. we are entertaining. Um we are. but yeah, so, and strangely enough, I just have to add, unexpected sequel, did not think they would make, The Equalizer 2 is coming again, coming next year. With Vanessa Williams. Is it Vanessa Williams? Let's see. I'm curious. Isn't that- Nobody who's in it. I may Who? have to go see. I may have to go see it. My slutty prince is in it. Excuse me? Slutty prince. Who? Pedro Pascal. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> My slutty prince. 
<sighs> um, ma'am. <laughs> ma'am. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's my slave. I'm sorry out there, Reverend. And by the way, let's not see. Forget. They know who he is. They know who he is. We've they all know. been. To, you and I have been talking, and we got some pretty fun things hopefully lined up for the kids for this year, don't we? We do. We're gonna try and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Going mm-hmm. to try. I'm. I'm doing my thing, and so is Ryan. So we're gonna try. I'm gonna give you all one hint. Are you ready? One word. Streisand. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I almost, I almost skewed on my my computer. So with so with that, with that, um, I hope you guys have a great New Year's. Be safe yes. out there. Um, I hope you enjoyed this crazy year with us. Um, and thank you, Ryan, for for being my my co-pilot. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks. You know, I love doing this with you and you're a really great friend and we have a lot of fun and I think we should always just do this as long as it's fun. And I think we should all go into uh, 2018 with the words of wisdom from St. Jamie Lee Curtis in the movie Freaky Friday. And that is make good choices. Yes. 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 Let's make good choices and be safe and And be safe. uh... Hopefully, uh, 2018 will be a far, far better year for everyone than 2017 was for a lot of us. Um, yes. It was a rough and Hang in there. But hang in there. 2018 is on the horizon, and it will be great. And there's a lot of awesome stuff coming, and we're going to all enjoy it together and talk about it on the show. So Yes. See ya. Good night. And see you next year on Fangirl Radio. Good night. Bye. Bye.